Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who here watched Rihanna's Savage Fenty show during New York Fashion Week last year? Or as many like to call it, the day Victoria's Secret Fashion Show finally got the last nail in its coffin. Now that is savage. Yes, pun intended. The performance stage was celebrity galore. It had Gigi and Bella Hadid, Cara Delevingne, Horsey, Normani, Laverne Cox. Okay, this list couldn't go on and on forever. But you know who else was on the Savage Fenty performance show? Models and performers of all different sizes, shapes, colors, sexualities, genders, and abilities, they took over the stage in their beautiful lingerie. And one of them was Amanda LeCount. If you haven't seen the Savage Fenty show, shame on you if you haven't, Amanda has also performed for other big-name artists, including Lizzo, Katy Perry, and Megan Trainor. Amanda is a curvy girl. And she says she has been judged for her size for years in the dancing industry. But she is breaking the stereotype that you have to be thin, tan, and tall to make it big in the dancing world. This is Amanda LeCount. So firstly, what I want to let you know is that I discovered you actually through Jubilee... When I discovered you through Jubilee when you were featured on there for their episode mm-hmm. of Do All Plus Size People Think the Same? What was that like for you? Yeah, it was crazy because like many other people in the world, I watch Jubilee a lot and I think their videos are really interesting to watch and they can like open your eyes on a lot of things. So when they contacted me, I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. I watch your stuff all the time. And so I was really excited to get the chance to do it. And when I got there, I got to meet all of my other fellow plus size people. Um, I knew a a few of them, which was fun to do that with them. And then I got to meet some new people that were amazing as well. And it's crazy because it looks so kind of scary when you watch it on YouTube or wherever you watch it. It looks so intimidating and like serious, but really it's just a room and they put tape on the ground and you just decide whether you agree or disagree it's much more chill than you would think watching it but it was a really fun experience and I hope to do more with them because it was really fun so you've been in the dancing industry for many years now you've actually been dancing since two years old as someone that I'm not familiar with the dancing industry or the requirements or anything like that but say When you audition for something, because so much of what you're talking about is breaking the stereotype of the dancers in the dancing industry, what exactly is the stereotype and what is it that is stereotypically looked for when people are looking for dancers for, say, music videos and concerts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I created the hashtag breaking the stereotype to kind of show people that stereotypes were made to be broken and you can do anything that you want to do in life no matter what people say and for dance there's definitely a certain look that people tend to use and the look most of the time is a super skinny tall girl that's really tan and really quote-unquote sexy to them and that's always been the look for a really long time and so when I moved to California since I'm originally from Colorado I kind of already 
already knew what I was getting into. Even though I was only 13 years old, I had been in dance for so long, and I had teachers that kind of showed me the industry, even though I wasn't in it yet. And so I already knew that going there, I was going to have a hard time kind of getting people to just looking at the dancing, not what I look like. And for auditions, it has gotten a lot better. People are getting a lot more, like I said, accepting of everyone, and we're seeing a lot more unique people on TV than we would have like 10 years ago. So it is getting a lot better, but there's still a long way to go. And so, you know, for people like me that are, you know, plus size, are bigger build, it's hard for us to get jobs, you know, with Chris Brown or with Ariana Grande or whatever. Not because we're not good dancers, but just because the look matters so much to them that they won't even look at you if you aren't, you know, whatever, five, six, six pack blonde. My hashtag and the reason why I do what I do is to break that stereotype and switch it up. So when you were younger and very new to the industry, and as you said, you're you're pretty aware of what was like what people were looking for. Did anyone ever say to you, "Oh, you should lose weight if you want this part"? And did you ever think, "Oh, should I lose weight?" Was that ever something that you struggled with? I've definitely had a ton of people, honestly, on a daily basis, tell me like, "Oh, you need to lose weight. Like, you're never going to be successful. No one's going to book you." And even though I have already done a lot of stuff, people still say that to me all the time. Wow. Um, I don't think I've ever had someone come up to me and say, if you want this job, you need to lose weight. But I've had people, for example, I went to a studio in my hometown and he ended up kicking me off because my body type didn't fit his vision for his team. And that was really shocking. And that was actually my first ever like experience with someone saying something like that to my face. Because, you know, I I got the looks and, you know, the dirty stares and people talking about me behind my back. You know, that was all pretty normal for me. But I I never had someone come up to me and say, like, your body's a problem. So that was a really pivotal moment for me because I think it kind of switched my mentality. And I realized that, you know, I'm not just dancing for me anymore. I'm dancing for all of the other plus size people that don't get the opportunity to dance And I'm doing all this for them as well. So I've never had someone at like an audition tell me, hey, you are great, but you need to lose weight for this part. Most of the time, they won't even say that. They'll just cut you because they don't care if you're a good dancer. If you don't have the look they want, they're going to cut you regardless. Wow, I can't believe like that don't have the body for a certain vision. That just... Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yep, that's the dance industry, sadly. Well... You have been doing amazing, especially in these past 12 months, and I think you know what I'm going to ask you about, the gigantic moment of your career so far. Rihanna, is she as cool and amazing as we all see her as? What was your reaction to the news that you were actually going to be featured in the Savage Fancy show during New York Fashion Week? Uh, Yeah, so I was actually at the airport, I was coming back from doing a different job in Florida at the time with my mom, and I was sitting, and it was actually her birthday, which is really funny, (laughs) and we were just sitting at the airport, and I get this text message from Paris, the choreographer, and she was like, hey, you've been confirmed for the Savage Fenty show, like, this is when rehearsals start, see you in New York or whatever, and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't create a big scene because I was in public surrounded by so many people, but I think, like... It's, it's weird because I didn't have that big of a reaction, but I think it was because it's such a big deal that I, it didn't process yet. 
and it didn't really hit me what I was doing. So I was kind of just like, oh, cool, that'll be fun. And then I didn't realize to like wait down the line or honestly until even it came out that I was just in shock and I couldn't believe that I just did that. So it was kind of a delayed response, but it was absolutely amazing. And she is so cool. Like she just walks in and your jaw drops. You're like, how are you human? Like she's so amazing (laughs) and she's so nice and she's so passionate about um, her lingerie line and about showing, you know, beauty in all different shapes and sizes and colors and whatever it is. And I really like that because obviously we have a similar message. And it's really cool to see celebrities like that who are so mainstream and so respected start to try to change what the beauty standards are. So it was a really cool project and it was definitely one of the biggest moments in my career for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when you are working with someone that is just, you look at them on a pedestal kind of thing, how do you mm-hmm. be professional and not fangirl? Because I know if I was with Rihanna, I would just drop to the floor and just faint. Like, how do you stay professional as a professional dancer? It is hard because obviously we all have fangirl moments and we look up to these people a lot. But for me, I just try to remind myself, like, They're human. Just because they are celebrity doesn't mean they're better than anyone. They're just like us. They started out, you know, going to school, normal family. Like, they just happen to work really hard at what they do, and they're really talented, and that could be you someday. So I I kind of just try to make it like they're not, you know, an alien. They're not a superhero. They're just people (laughs) like us, (laughs) and treat them like you would treat anybody else because they don't want to want to feel like a bunch of fangirls around them you know if you're dancing for an artist they don't want to feel like they have fans dancing with them they just want to feel like their like friends are dancing with them and you have to give them that environment so even though it's hard because I've worked with some pretty big artists yes. you kind of just have to remain your cool and remember that they are humans too and that they are normal people because mm-hmm. you've worked with Lizzo, Megan Trainor, um, you've also been on the Ellen Show. What's been all that like working with all these amazing people? Yeah, it's been really amazing. Obviously, just to get that opportunity to dance for and with some of those people is an amazing opportunity in itself. But it also opened my eyes. I guess the theme for this podcast is opening my eyes because I've said that like eight hundred times. <laughs> but um. The reason I'm saying that is because before I ever got to work with a bigger name, I always thought like, oh my gosh, they're on a completely different level than me. Like, I can't even be in the same room as them. Like, they're on a pedestal and I'm like on the ground. Like, I just had such high thoughts of them. And I still do, obviously. And I have a ton of respect for everyone I've worked with and other celebrities that I haven't gotten the opportunity to work with yet. But I just thought that they were like gods. And I think the first big artist I worked for was Katy Perry. And it was so cool just to see her, like, be normal. Like, she was the most normal girl you could think of. Like, she had her dog on set. She was just sitting in one of the basketball chairs since we were in, like, a basketball arena. She was just sitting down with her dog, you know, got a water, talking to everyone, just being so normal, which makes sense because... She is normal. Like, she's just human. She just, you know, like I said before, just loves what she does and has become really successful at it. But she's still the same person that she was or that would be even if she wasn't, you know, popular or viral or whatever. So it kind of just made me realize, like, oh, these are people. Like, they're normal. They're humans. And so the next time, like, when I got to work with Megan Trainor or I saw Ellen or Rihanna, it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, just remember, like, they're like me. 
the exact same, and they saw something in me. So I feel like sometimes dancers, it's like we feel like they're way above us and we're like way underneath. But in reality, they kind of have to realize that a lot of the time the artists have a say in what dancers are chosen. So you kind of have to remember like, yes, you can fangirl and be really inspired by them, but they also are inspired by you and they saw something in you as well. So don't like underplay yourself and just remember that you're really talented too and you guys are both on the same level. Absolutely. And you've also gotten to spoke numerous times about body positivity and breaking stereotypes on numerous panels and one of them being at DragCon last year for the mm-hmm. body positive panel. Are you a RuPaul's Drag Race fan? Like what was that like being oh, at the yeah. drag convention? Yeah, that's my favorite show of all time is RuPaul's Drag Race. I've seen every season, a lot of them like four times. I know every Drag Race girl. So it was really exciting for me to even get to go to DragCon last year. And especially when they offered to put me on a panel, I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So it was really exciting for me. And even though like, obviously no offense to DragCon, but Rihanna's kind of a way bigger deal than DragCon. For me, I was freaking out just as much about DragCon because I am such a diehard fan of the show. And I also got to perform on the main stage a dance number I did. So it was really exciting. And I got to meet some of my favorite queens. And now, like, I have a ton of a ton of them are my friends. And we see each other all the time on jobs and stuff. It was really exciting. And it was definitely one of my favorite moments of last year. Oh, that's amazing. I'm a huge Drag Race fan. So I got to know what drag queens is on your phone right now. Honestly, this is really sad, <laughs> but <laughs> most of the stuff nowadays you do all through social media, so I'll just go through, like, who mutually follows me. Oh, okay, So we okay. have Alyssa Edwards, oh. Brooklyn Heights, oh, I'm so jealous already. who's from Colorado, woo, go Colorado, um, <laughs> we have Eureka O'Hara, LaGonja, Pearl Liaison, oh my god, there's some more people, but I can't remember right now, oh, from uh, Drag Race UK, Bag of Chips, If I ever have one of RuPaul's drag queens follow me, I would just die. Just, oh. I know. I oh. think the first one was Pearl, I actually think was the first one I saw. Well. And I was like, oh my gosh, mom, look. Like, this drag queen is following me. And of course, yes. And of course, you have the dancing queens, Lagandra and Alyssa Edwards following you. Of course. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that so much. And another amazing thing that you're doing, which I think is phenomenal with your brand, is that you're working with many clothing brands, for example, Nike and also Forever 21. Congratulations on the new release with that for Barbie. What's it Thank like? Thank you. What's it like working with clothing brands and seeing them be inclusive and not just, you know, a bad attempt at being inclusive, like, you know, they go up one size, but like properly being inclusive and having people wearing the clothes that are all about that type of thing? It's really exciting because it's showing how far we've come in like the clothing industry and being more inclusive. I remember, like, when I was, like, 11, 10 years old, I, I loved Nike, and I'd always wear their stuff, and it was a dream to even work for them um, or to do anything with them. So it was really exciting when I got to work on the Icon Clash collection with them. Uh, this I think we worked on it last November, but it's just now coming out, and it's, it's really cool to see, you know, a plus-size person be, like, the face of the new campaign, because you would have never seen that, you know, like, 
six, seven years ago. So it's really exciting, and I'm really happy that I can be someone that's kind of, not that I'm, like, changing the world, no, but <laughs> just, it's really cool knowing that I have a little part, or a little bit of why the world is getting more accepting is partly because I'm doing things like this, and it's, it's really cool to know that, and it's really inspiring that these brands are finally starting to open their eyes and realize that, you know, there's no definition of beauty. Beauty is, is everyone and everything, and so it's cool to see people of all different shapes, sizes, heights, ethnicities, religions be featured in a good way. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Nasty Woman Club. For more information on my interviewee, Amanda, make sure you head on over to her Instagram page, Amanda LeCount, and her YouTube page, Amanda LeCount Dance. I will also be adding in some links in the show notes about certain topics that were discussed in this week's episode, including where Amanda was featured on a Jubilee episode discussing do all plus-size people think the same, and of course, a link to where you can watch Amanda at the Savage Fenty Show for Rihanna. Yeah. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you give a review and also subscribe to the podcast so you are always up to date with the latest episodes. For more stories on women empowerment and intersectional feminism, head on over to the Nasty Woman Club on Facebook and Instagram. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you next week with more inspiring women with inspiring stories. 